Before we get into the word of the Lord, why don't we bow our heads wherever you are at home or maybe in a church setting or wherever. Let's bow our heads and let's all talk to the Lord together and let's ask him to help us today to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you today for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. I thank you, Lord, for this great church that I have the privilege of ministering to today. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the earth. I know there's a lot of bad, but beyond that, I see the mighty hand of God at work among us. I believe that the greatest days for the church are just ahead of us. And I want to preach to your people about it today. Help us to receive your word. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody out there say amen. My subject today is the other side. The other side. Let me read to you from the book of Mark chapter 4 verse number 35. Mark 4 and 35. The Bible said, and the same day when the even was come, Jesus saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Let me say that last phrase again, the words of the Lord. Let us pass over unto the other side. Again, my subject today is the other side. In this text, Jesus and the eleven are out on a ship on the sea. And while they're out on the ship, on the sea, there's other little ships around them and with them. The Bible said that they run into a great storm. The scripture talks about high winds and the waves that beat against the ship and the rain that fell. It sounded like, it's, it sounds like it's a very serious storm that they are facing. And the Bible said that as they are in this storm, the ship began to fill with water. And the disciples frantically are doing everything they can to lighten the load of that ship and to bail water out of the ship because the, the ship is taking on so much water. Now with all of this happening out on the sea, I want to point out to you that the Bible specifically says that Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. In the back of the ship asleep on a pillow. Can I stop here and make an observation for us? Jesus was on the ship and there's not a chance that that ship was going to sink and everybody would drown with Jesus on the ship. It was absolutely impossible that they would be lost. It was absolutely impossible that they would drown. It was absolutely impossible that that storm would destroy that ship as long as Jesus was on board that ship. One of the things the disciples should have remembered was that before they got on the ship and before the storm arose and before they were so frantic and so frustrated and so fearful, they should remember that the words of Jesus were, let us pass over to the other side. 
They were going to pass over whatever was in front of them, friend, because Jesus said, we're going to pass over to the other side. They were all going to survive the passage because Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. They're all going to reach the other side, no matter what was between them and the other side, no matter the waves, no matter the rain, no matter the wind, no matter the severity of the storm, they were going to pass over to the other side. The only factor that matters in this story, the wind doesn't matter, the rain doesn't matter, the waves don't matter, the boat filling with water doesn't matter. The only factor that matters is that they had a word from the Lord. Let us pass over to the other side. That's the beginning, the middle, and the end of the whole matter. Everything else is insignificant to that word from the Lord. We as a church... We as a community, we as a uh, group of believers, our, our state, our nation, our world, we are in the storm of our lifetime right now. I doubt that there's anybody out there that would disagree with me that we are in the storm of our life. I've never seen anything like this. Not in my life or yours have we faced such a crisis as what we're facing right now. And it doesn't seem like things are getting better. In fact, it seems like things are progressively getting worse. It's not one thing we're dealing with now. We're dealing with several crises at the same time. Any one of them alone would be bad, but they're just piling on day after day, week after week, one new crisis after another. There's never been a day like this day. There's never been a time that we have had to deal with things like school closings and unemployment and the financial hardships and the stress that's on the health care systems, our limitations being placed on church gatherings and community frustration and unfairness and mayhem and sickness and death and the politicizing of each of these crises. Life has been redefined, if you please, by the precautions that we live with every day. Our life is filled with cautionary guidelines and directions. Social distancing, wearing masks, no contact, constant hand washing and do it for 20 or 30 seconds. I'm, I'm so old fashioned. I tried to count to 20. I tried to count to 30. And I finally decided that when I go to do my hand washing, I'm going to say my ABCs. I'm just an old man. And so I stand there, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, until I go all the way through it and I've washed my hands according to the guidelines. It's a part of my life. I do it without even thinking about it now. We're sanitizing everything, every doorknob, every door handle, every tabletop, every surface that somebody might have touched. 
And then there's this self-quarantine thing. It's like putting yourself in jail. I had to be quarantined because I was around some people that had COVID. I never had one single symptom. I never was sick a single day, but I had to quarantine for a while until they cleared me. And when I got out of quarantine, I told my wife, I said, this is like getting out of jail. This is like becoming free again to go out and to uh, at least take a big deep breath of fresh air. It's natural for us to be mostly thinking about the present crisis. Like those disciples that were on the ship. We've got our eyes focused on the wind and the waves and the rain. And what's happening to the boat. And boy the church has taken a whooping during this time. Most of our churches are not meeting. In fact I don't know of any church that's meeting uh, with all of their people. And having church like they had before COVID. Or even four or five months ago. And we're mostly all thinking about the crisis. We're thinking about the things that are happening around us and happening to us. And because the crisis is on our minds continually, many are wondering, will life ever go back to normal? Will we ever get back to the way it was before? Some are asking, are we going to get through this storm? Is this storm going to take us out? How long is the storm? going to last is it is it about over will it go through 2020 will it go into 2021 will it go to 2022 how long is this storm going to last and what is the 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 results of the storm going to be in our life in our family on our job in our church in our community in our nation we're thinking about all of those but can I remind you the same thing that I said about the disciples on that ship and in all the little ships around them. As long as Jesus is on board this ship, this ship that we often refer to as the old ship of Zion, as long as Jesus is on board, this ship isn't going down. This ship is going to go through. We're going to make it to the other side. We're going to pass over to to the other side. As long as he's on the boat, the boat's not going to sink. As long as he's on the boat, the boat's not going to be destroyed. It don't matter what the courts say. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what kind of restrictions they try to put in us. I'm telling you that God is going to have the final word. I'm telling you that as long as God is the head of this church, we're going to pass over over to the other side. Don't you worry about this church. This church is going to make it and our God is going to have the final say. I preached to my church in Chesapeake a long time ago, back the very first Sunday that we had to shut down for COVID virus. I preached God's got this and I'm preaching to us again today. God's got this. No matter what has transpired in the last four and a half months, God's still got this. God's still on the throne. God's still in this church. God's still in charge. It's still His church. 
I want to say to all of you that are in the church today that no weapon, the Bible promises us that no weapon that is formed against us is going to prosper. That includes the storm. That includes sickness. That includes turmoil. That includes finances. That includes everything. No weapon that is formed against this apostolic church is going to prosper. In the book of Isaiah chapter 41 and verse number 10, God said, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That verse contains five powerful promises that we ought not to fear. Five promises, five reasons why fear should not be allowed to get a hold of our minds and our hearts. Yes, even in the middle of the storm we're in right now. Because God promised, number one, He said, I am with you. Number two, He said, I'm your God. Number three, He said, I will strengthen you. Number four, He said, I I will help you. And number five, he said, I will uphold you. I'm going to say it again. If God's on our side, if God is the captain of this ship, we are going to pass over to the other side. Now, having said all of that, believe it or not, that's not my message. What I want to preach from right here on is the word from the Lord, I believe, for the church today. I would present to you that the question is not, are we going to get to the other side? That question is settled. As long as God's in charge, we are going to pass over to the other side. But the question is that I pose to us today, what are we going to do and what are we going to be when we get to the other side? Let me say that again. The question is, what are we going to do and what are we going to be when we get to the other side? What we are going to do and what we are going to be on the other side of COVID-19 is 100% dependent on what we do during COVID-19. What we're going to be when we land on that other side of COVID-19. What we're going to do when we get on the other side of COVID-19. I would present to you today has a whole lot to do with what we're doing right now. How are we handling this wilderness experience? How are we handling the storm? What are we doing while we're in the wilderness? What are we doing while we're in the storm? Our forefathers had an experience in common. It seems like most of the great names and characters of the Scripture spent time in the wilderness. Abraham had a wilderness experience. Jacob had a wilderness experience. Moses had a wilderness experience. David had a wilderness experience. Elijah went through a wilderness experience. The Bible said Moses' backside of the desert experience 
experience, it literally defined what he would be the rest of his life. It was the years that he spent on the backside of the desert that made him the man of God that he became. Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and then they entered into the promised land. The apostle Paul spent three years in the desert. His entire life and ministry was impacted by that desert experience. Even Jesus went into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible said that Jesus came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Paul said, when you are tested, know that God has already made an acceptable way of escape. Can I tell somebody today that God's already made a way of escape out of this wilderness for us. God's already made a way of escape out of this storm for His church. Hear me when I tell you today, the wilderness can make us better or the wilderness can make us bitter. The wilderness can make us powerful or the wilderness can make us lazy. This wilderness can fine tune our spiritual senses or this wilderness can make us carnal and it's up to you and me to determine that the wilderness, the storm is just a temporary experience and if I'll use this time wisely I'm going to come out on the other side a better man. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm I'm going to be a better man of God. I'm going to be more apostolic. I'm going to be more sensitive to the Spirit. I'm going to be a more powerful prayer warrior. I'm going to be better when I come out of this experience. And I already know that God has the way out determined. It's already done, my friend. The Apostle Peter said God will not allow us to be tested more than what we can bear. James said count it pure joy and blessing when we are tested. The test is not our enemy. The storm is not our enemy. Do I wish it would go away? Yesterday. I wish it would have gone away a month ago. I wish we'd have never had it in the first place. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. But I have come to the conclusion I can either waste these hours and days and weeks and months or I can use them to get closer to God. I can waste this wilderness experience or I can work with God and let God work in and through me and like Jesus came out of the wilderness I can come out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit I believe that COVID is the modern church's wilderness experience I believe this is in fact our wilderness experience and I've come today to admonish every believer. I've come today to admonish every leader, every pastor, every minister. Don't waste this time. Make this time count. We know we need to make right physical choices. But do we know that it's even more important to make right spiritual choices? I want that to sink in just for a moment. We're all concerned about making right physical and healthy choices. But do we understand that it's even more important to make right spiritual choices, especially at a time like this? This isn't time to give up. 
This isn't time to walk away. This isn't time to set on your laurels. This isn't the time to get spiritually lazy. This isn't the time to do less than what you know you could be doing. This is the time to find new ways to serve God. This is the time to figure out how to get closer to God. How to hone your spiritual senses until you are super sensitive to the Spirit of Almighty God. This isn't a time to play. This is a time to pray. God didn't create this so we could all take a leisure. God created this so we could all become more spiritual. Somebody needs to hear me today. I love that old song that Dr. Clay Evans sang. I heard him sing it when he was 92 years old. He sang, I started for Jesus and I'm going through. I'm going through, I'm going through. No matter what the rest of the world decides to do. I made up my mind and heaven's in view. I started with Jesus and I'm going through. That ought to be the theme song of every apostolic Believer, whether COVID lasts four and a half months as it has or it lasts four and a half years, which it won't. But I'm telling you, our goal ought to be I'm going through. I started with Jesus. I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care what anybody else says. I've got my mind made up that I started with Jesus. Now I'm going through. I want the church to know that I believe it's time to pray like we've never prayed before. If we've ever been a praying church, we need to be a praying church now. We ought to have online prayer meetings. We ought to have telephone prayer meetings with one other person or a hundred other people. We ought to be thinking up ways to get together by Zoom and other means to have prayer together. We ought to be praying like we've never prayed before just because of COVID. That's no excuse not to pray because there's financial pressure. That's no excuse not to pray because the children aren't going to school. That's no excuse not to pray. If you laid off your job, that's no reason to stop praying. In fact, every one of these are reasons to pray all the more. I want to repeat to you something I've said a thousand times, and that is where there is much prayer, there is much power. And where there is little prayer, there is little power. And I remind you that where there is no prayer, there is no power. Prayer is our power source. This kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. It's time to pray and it's time to fast. Brother Cunningham, why fast? Because fasting brings this flesh under control of the Holy Spirit. When you deny this flesh, this very sustenance required to live, when you deny it food and drink, you are telling this flesh, you're going to come under control of the Holy Spirit. You're going to do what God has designed you to do. You're going to be what God has designed you to be. It's time, church, that we pray and fast like we have never prayed and fasted before. It's time to study the Word of God. It's time to hide the Word of God in our heart. It's time to make the Word of God again the center and the circumference of all that we do and all 
that we are. David declared, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Your strength, your power against sin is knowing, understanding, loving, adhering to the Word of God. We need to have a death grip on God's Word in the year 2020. I know that in the world they're saying we need to be politically correct. Forgive me. I don't ever give politically correct a second thought. What I'm trying to do is be biblically correct. And by the way, if you're biblically correct, you're going to treat other people right. You're going to treat other people with respect. You're going to be careful how you say the things you say and how you act but I'm telling every child of God it's time to get back to that old black back book it's time for you and I to get back to the word of God and make it the final authority in our life Jesus said heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall not pass away Psalm 119 89 said forever Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Hear me, church. You and I need to build our lives around the word, especially when we're going through the storm and the wilderness. It's time to be faithful. COVID, I want to say this nice, but COVID has created some spiritually lazy believers COVID has created some spiritually lazy church leaders people that are not trying to stay up with their spiritual habits people that are falling into bad habits people that are falling into carnality people that can go days and weeks without praying People that can go days and weeks without being in a service even if it's live stream. Do you know what the beautiful thing is about live stream? There's apostolic material on live stream all day, every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, every day of COVID. People are putting out more material now than ever. And there is absolutely no excuse of us going days and weeks without getting into the Word of God and taking time to pray and to fast and to be faithful to God even in this time. I believe that we need to be praying and fasting, as I said, like never before. We need to be practicing good spiritual stewardship. Well, when they open the church back up, I'll start giving my offerings. When they open the church back up, I'll start paying my tithing. Well, guess what? The mortgages still have to be paid. The utilities are still being paid. We've not laid off our staff in most of our churches, and they've still got to be paid. Listen to me, the work of the church goes on whether or not we're having services. We send money to our missionaries every month and there's a lot of things that we're doing financially as a church that requires the faithfulness of God's people. Now I don't want to make you think that I think that a lot of people are being unfaithful in this area because it's really not what I think. I want to commend all of those that are being faithful. I want to commend all of those that are giving like you've always given. 
those that are being as faithful with your tithing as you've always been. And some are even doing more than they've ever done before. I want to commend all the faithful people. But if you've become spiritually lazy, shake yourself today. Shake yourself out of that spirit of complacency and laziness and apathy and get your mind back on being faithful to God. Maintain your relationship with God. Work on it every day. Don't allow that to suffer during this time. Go to church every time you can by live stream and if they're able to open the church and they're only allowed to have 20 or 50 people to be there, you make sure you stand in line like they do at a rock concert all night long if you have to to get to be one of those 20 or 50 or 100 that's allowed to go to church. Preacher, are you serious? I've never been more serious. What are we going to be when we come out of this on the other side? What are we going to do when we come out of this on the other side? I'm telling you there's a group of people that are using this time like going to college. They're using this time like going to school. They're getting closer to God. They're growing in God. Their knowledge of God is increasing. Their sensitivity to the Spirit is, is growing in them. What are you saying, Brother Cunningham? I'm saying use this time wisely because God's going to get us through it. We're going to walk through this valley of the shadow of death and we're going to come out on the other side. And when we do, I want this to be the most powerful church in the history of the world. Oh, I wish you were here right now. I'd have you hollering and screaming amen and in Jesus' name. I'll tell you what I believe is waiting for us on the other side of this present dilemma or dilemmas, if you please. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. I'm coming out on the other side more powerful than I've ever been in the Holy Ghost. I'm coming out on the other side not weak and not in need of a praying back through and a refreshing because I'm half backslid? No. I'm coming out on the other side full of the Holy Ghost and full of power. I'm going to make the devil mad. I'm going to make him sad that he ever even was a part of this thing. I'm going to make him mad because he ever tried. That he, I, that he ever even attempted to take advantage of it. I'm going to come out in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm coming out of this with a revelation of who I am. I have a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. I need a revelation of the mighty God in me say amen if you can wherever you are Jesus said these signs these signs these signs shall s-h-a-l-l shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover can I tell you that if we come out of this thing church and every member of the church every believer of the church comes out of this thing more powerful than we went into it can you imagine the revival we're going to have can you imagine the wave of the Holy Ghost that is going to sweep across our nations and around the world Zechariah promised us that at evening time there shall 
be light. Oh, you need to know that. At evening time there shall be light. Oh, Brother Cunningham, these are dark days. Maybe. But at evening time there shall be light. We're going to come out of this thing on the other side into the greatest move of God, the greatest revival that the world has ever known. Haggai prophesied, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. I I promise you that the last day's church, the church that is in the earth at the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is going to be the most powerful church that the world has ever known. The glory of that latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. The prophet Joel said, In the last days saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I'm expecting that when we pass through and come out on the other side. I'm expecting the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that this world has ever seen. The greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's been felt anywhere in the world. In Great Britain and Ireland. In the United States of America. In Thailand. In the Philippines. The greatest revival the world has ever seen is just right in front of us. And Let's get ready for it in Jesus' name when we make it to the other side. The question is, what will we do and what will we be? I believe that God is preparing a church, the church that will be in the earth just immediately before the second coming. I believe he's preparing a church that is apostolic in faith. Their faith is unwavering. They have a death grip on faith. Their faith in God doesn't wane. Their faith in God, no matter corona, no matter upheaval, no matter what's going on in the world, their faith in God is sound. I believe he's preparing a church that's apostolic in demonstration. We're not content to just sing about miracles. We want to see miracles. We're not content to just preach about miracles. We want to see miracles. I believe he's preparing a church that's apostolic in demonstration. I believe he's preparing a church that's apostolic in giving. A church that's going to give like they've never given before to the cause of revival and the propagation of the gospel around the world. I believe that God's preparing a church that is apostolic in prayer. They're not just patty cake praying. Their prayer life is more than good bread, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. Their prayer their life is more than now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. I promise you God's raising up a church that when they pray all of hell begins to tremble because they're a powerful apostolic prayer warrior. I believe he's raising up a church that's apostolic in commitment and I believe he's raising up a church that is apostolic in doctrine. I want to declare to you that I have a death grip on apostolic doctrine. I'm not going to let go of it for anybody or anything. I want to grow. I'm going to grow. But I'm not going to do it at the expense of apostolic doctrine. I'm reaching for growth. But I've got a death grip on apostolic doctrine. I want God to do miraculous things. I want God to put His church on the top shelf. But honey, it isn't worth it if we got to give up apostolic doctrine in order to become or to do any of those things. We need to have a death 
grip on this doctrine in our day like no generation before us has had. There is nothing in this earth, and I'll close with this, there is nothing in this earth more powerful than an apostolic church doing and being what God designed it to do and to be. I'm closing. I want to tell you how much I love you again and how much I thank God for you. I want to pray for you in closing. I want to ask God to help us to do these things and to get our minds fixed on passing over to the other side. I want us to get our minds fixed on the fact that if God's the captain of this ship, it can't sink, it can't be destroyed, it cannot go down as long as God is the captain of this ship. And I want us to get our minds fixed on that third thing, and that is I'm going to make this time count. So I come out of this experience in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's all pray together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for your people right now. I pray for every leader. I pray for every pastor. I pray for every precious saint of God. I pray, oh God, that you would strengthen us. I pray, oh God, that you would help focus us. I pray today, Lord God, that you would anoint your people like never before. I pray, oh God, everyone that cries out to you in hunger, that you would fill them with good things from your spirit. I pray, oh God, that everyone that cries out to be closer to you, that you would move very close to them. I pray, oh God, that everyone that seeks to become more spiritually sensitive, that you would take them by the hand and you would teach them and train them in the things of the spirit. Oh God, our desire is that we would come out of this thing, that we would pass through to the other side in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say amen and amen. Wherever you are, if a spirit of prayer has come upon you, if a spirit of faith has fallen upon you, don't turn that off when this live stream turns off. You kneel down at your couch or by your bed, pull your car over on the side of the road, do what you got to do to follow after the spirit that is speaking to you right now. Receive the word of the Lord and become very sensitive to what God is saying to you right now now. I love you in Jesus' name, and it's been a pleasure to be with you today.